Thank you, Joel, for reading God's word. We do that publicly every week because we want to uphold the authority. We want to hold the, the reverence and the importance of the public reading of scriptures. So we want to do that each and every week. Now, you might have noticed something different about me today. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize it was that big a topic of conversation. <laughs> I uh, had to read the scriptures last week, and as I looked at my fine print Bible, I had a realization that maybe my life stage is moving on slightly. So I went down to Solihull Town Centre this week, and I went into the opticians and said to the opticians, I think I need some glasses. And she said, you certainly do, sir. This is Cafe Nero. Boots is across the road. Um, So, hey... (laughs) But today, I want to talk less about sight and more about hearing. And I want to, with the Gideon series, uh, this is not a, a diversion or a separation from Isaiah 9. Isaiah uses this as an example of people that are in dark and despairing times. And how if you see what God did here, you will be able to know that it's upon his shoulders now. And so uh, going into the Gideon story is deliberate so that it deepens our understanding. But we wanted to be able to bring a practical question to equip you every single week through the Gideon series. And today's question is simply this. Can I hear God speak to me? Can I hear God speak to me? There was this one occasion when Louise said to me, did you hear what I said? All right, look. (laughs) And this is the conversation that was going off in my mind and thinking, I did hear what you said, but I wasn't sure whether I liked what you were saying. So I chose to ignore what you were saying and hope that it would just pass on by. And I think we do that a lot with God too, if we're honest. And I want you to not just uh, hold three, I want you to hold three beliefs Not just my beliefs, but are these your beliefs? Belief number one, God is still speaking today. Belief number one, you have to believe that for yourself. It wasn't just in Bible times. And by the way, it's not just to special people. God is still speaking today. Okay, that's the the first belief. The second belief is this. God can, God can speak to everyone. Not God does. God can, okay? It's whether, belief number three, are you listening? Are you listening, okay, to what God? So you have to hold those beliefs for yourself. God can speak to you. God does speak today, but are you listening? Because God is speaking. It's just whether we are listening and not choosing to ignore what is going on. And that's what we want to talk about today. And I hope uh, all of our teaching just inspires you to spend more time with Jesus on a regular basis. I don't want any of our teaching or any of our teachers to say, look how good and knowledgeable and informative we are. What do we know? It's more this, can I inspire you to go deeper in your relationship with God? And I hope that we do this. But if you're part of God's people, Jesus has already assured you that my sheep will hear my voice. 
And so there is an opportunity for you, but you've got to be able to distill and move away from the things of this world and give yourself time to build your relationship with God, to be able to hear God for yourself. So I do think it's a big question, isn't it, for every Christian, um, can I hear God speak to me? And the supplementary question to that is, um, how do I know it's God? Come on, we all ask that question. Is this just me thinking this, or is this God being able to speak to me? I once was part of a conference, and uh, I was one of the speakers for the conference, and the uh, the pastor who was hosting the conference, I'm not making any aspersion about the, the conference or anything like that, um, but he got on stage and said, um, every preacher here today is going to give you a sign from God. You know, like that. He would come off stage and say, you're right, Johnny. You know, I was like, what happened to the, where's the American accent when you get on stage? What, what was going on? But it was almost this, and I really believe that God does want to speak to you. Um, and so it's not the premise, it's the approach that I have an issue with. I, I, I think in some ways, if you're waiting for a special person to give you a sign, I'm not sure that that's what's coming. God just wants to cultivate a relationship with you. So I was sitting on the front row and they were saying, and now Pastor Johnny is going to come and give you a sign. You know, like this. Do you know all that was going through my head were road signs? I was like, humpback bridge. Yeah, humpback bridge. That's a sign. But actually, I did get up and say, I think God wants you to give way. Ha ha. Ha ha. God wants you to give way. Why? Because God wants to speak to you. But there's this moment when uh, Satan is tempting Jesus and he says to Jesus, if you throw yourself off the temple, it'll be a sign. Everyone's going to follow you. And Jesus's response was, do not put the Lord your God to the test. That's not how we go about this. You have to build a relationship. And so what is it? Can you ask God for a sign? Can you ask God, for, can you lay out a fleece like Gideon? Is that okay to do that or not? How do, how do we work this out? Well, um, our daughter Ava um, has changed lots in the last a number of years, partly because of age and growing up. But when she was about three years old, oh boy, does she negotiate going to bedtime? I mean, everything was always a negotiation, you know, in, in different ways. Now, parent tip in the room, what are you going to do with that? You're going to go low, aren't you? So that you can get to the bedtime that you want. Sorry, Ava, I'm giving you all the secrets here. So Ava's going, can I go to bed at 8 o'clock? And we're going 7 o'clock, but we really want half 7, right? So what we're doing is we're working it out so that we can get somewhere in the middle. Nowadays, we're saying, Ava, can you just turn the lights out on your way to bed? You know, everything's, why? Because she's not in early years anymore. And so the relationship has grown. And because the relationship has grown, the trust grows. And we're going, we're, we're beyond the days of simple instructions We've cultivated a relationship where she knows what it's like to be in our house. And I want you to know, if you don't cultivate your relationship with God, you won't know what it's like to be in the Father's house. So you have to get beyond the simple instructions and the early years 
And, and that's not about age. That's about your growth in your relationship with God. And that's what God is wanting to get you to. So Jesus, at one point, when he's taught, asked about a sign, says that he quotes a verse from Deuteronomy saying that everything must be established by two or three witnesses. And what Jesus does is he uses a word that is familiar to us in English, which is confirm. And when you confirm something, you're taking something foundational and you're making it even stronger. You're making it firmer. So here's just a simple tip. When you hear God speak to you, take that as the foundation. And then how are you going to make it firmer? How are you going to confirm it? So let's go to the story and take a closer look at Judges 6. And this is the story of Gideon, as, as maybe you've mentioned in the, in the whole series title about this. Um, but it is going to answer this question, can I hear God speak to me? And what I find fascinating is, you may know lots about the Gideon story, or very little, but the one thing you most likely to know is about a, is about a fleece, right? It's about laying out a fleece. That's become part of our own terminology and our own uh, vernacular because we talk about, oh, if I need some guidance, if I need a sign, I need to lay out a fleece. Most people would hear that. It comes from the Gideon story. Now, I presumed all of uh, Generation Z would know all about that as well. But our media team today, when I asked them for a fleece to be put up on the screen... They put a North Face jacket <laughs> on the media. So I want to make clear today, it's, it's the wool of a sheep, all right? Think Clarkson's Farm or something like that, okay? It's the wool of a sheep that we're talking about. It's not your burghouse or something else that you might wear at different points. So let's go into the story. Um, and I want to really pick up from the edge of Catherine's questions last week. You know, phenomenal teaching last week. And as she led into that little part of the questions that God and Gideon were asking each other, it went to a slightly deeper level. And that's what I want to pick up for us today. And that is why I'm going to rewind back to verse 15 so you see something before you get to the fleece, okay? So here's the angel of the Lord, and the angel of the Lord comes and sits down under the oak tree. That's what Justin opened up in the very first message. Isn't it great that God was just willing to come and sit in the mess, sit in the middle of it all? That's what, that's what I certainly picked up in, in uh, the, the, the first part. So that's what the angel of, of the Lord does and begins to talk to Gideon and open up those questions. Why is this happening? What's going on? All of these kind of different things. So even before Gideon lays out the fleece, he's already asking God to back up what God has already said. So we're going to come to verse 15. And this is why you need to know it. Because I think we think it's okay to lay out a fleece. But I want you to see something of God and something of Gideon in this. So uh, this is it. Gideon replies, pardon me, my Lord, but how can I save Israel? So what's God said to him? You're going to be the one to save Israel, right? You're going to be the one. I am with you, mighty warrior. So has God already spoken? Yes, he has. God's already spoken. So then Gideon replies, but how can I do this? 
How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest. I'm the least in my family. And the Lord answers, I'll be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Then move on to 17 and 18. And it says, Gideon replies, okay, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me what? Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. And how many times do we ask that same question? Give me a sign, God. I've heard your voice, but really I want something a lot more dramatic before I am obedient and do something. That's what I'm looking for. So give me a sign. It's really you talking to me. Please don't go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And look what look at the graciousness of God here. What does God say? I will wait until you return. God will wait for you to catch up to him. God will wait. For, now there is an opportunity and you've got to be careful that you don't miss your opportunity. But look, just look at the graciousness of God towards us. When God is speaking and God wants to speak to every one of you. And by the way, you need God to speak to you. You need God to speak to you. But God says, I'm going to wait until you return. I want to see a, a couple of things here. Gideon, I don't think he's wrong asking God to give him some validation and some assurance and some encouragement. I think that's done with the right heart. But here's the problem. Gideon wants to control the sign. Gideon wants to say, I'm going to do this and this is what I want you to do, God. He wants to control the sign and he wants to control the outcome. And that's when we start to test God instead of trusting God. And that's what you need to see into all of this. So these are the days before deliveroos and drive throughs and all the instant nows. When Gideon goes to wait to prepare this offering, he goes and gets a goat, kills the goat, cooks the goat and brings it back to God. Can I tell you, that's not just 20 minutes delivery time on somebody on a little bit of a moped. All right. Coming back out to, to where... God is what's God doing? He's sitting and waiting. This would have been hours and hours of process. Then Gideon brings back the offering and the angel of the Lord says, put it on the rock and pour uh, water and broth over it. It's like some kind of heavenly wagamamas is coming right now. Boof. And then the angel of the, oh yes, there was a, a, some amens there. And uh, then the angel of the Lord brings fire from heaven and it burns up the whole offering. Now, if Gideon was part of renewal and told me that story, do you know what I would say to him? Gideon, I think you got your sign. Yes? So what does Gideon do? He goes, God, I need to ask you for another. So you've got to see that before we get to the fleece moment. So here's the fleece moment. But do you know what? When Gideon asks him for another sign, does God get mad with him? God doesn't get mad with him. You know, I know that if there was many flaws in my character, front two rows would probably testify. You know, sometimes impatience is something I want to work on a bit more. I want to work on those kind of things because I want to be more and more like God, right? And God is just super patient with us. Don't let any person, any human leader, any person of influence 
make you feel God is angry with you. Just don't do that. God isn't angry with you. God is angry with sin. God isn't angry with you. God is love. God is holy. God is just. God is not angry. Anger was just God's righteous response to sin. And it's not human anger. So God does not get mad with Gideon at all. But this is where the fleece comes in. And so Judges 6, 36 um, on here. Gideon says, if, if, notice the if. I'm not sure, God, whether you're going to do it. If you will save Israel by my hands as you have promised, look. I'm going to place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there is dew only on the fleece and and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hands, as you said. And that is what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed out the fleece and wrung out the dew and it was a bowl full of water. And is that good enough for Gideon? So what does he do? Let's move on. Gideon then said, oh, don't be angry with me. But you are testing God's patience, I think. It's just that God is so good to us. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and let the ground be covered with dew. And that night, God did so. And only the fleece was dry and all the ground was covered with dew. Now, Gideon... Um, This is the benefit of us having the Bible today. Gideon does not realise what is being acted out here. He does not realise what is going on because there are three huge symbolic things in what is happening. Firstly, if you read any of the Psalms, every time the Psalms talk about Jew, they're talking about the blessing of God coming from heaven. Onto the top of the mountains, Mount Hermon. Blessed are those who dwell in unity. They will be like the Jew of Mount Hermon, right? So the Jew represents the blessing of God. Now, come on. I've done that little bit of work because that's a little bit more difficult. What is the wool going to represent? Hmm. Sheep. Hmm. Who are sheep in the Bible? The people of God, right? We are his sheep. So what is... What is Gideon asking of God? Gideon is saying, is your blessing upon God's people? But then Gideon says, would you take your blessing off God's people and put it on the ground where everywhere else is, but take it off God. And if you know anything of the rest of the Gideon story, that's how it all ends up. And that's not God's intention at all. God's intention was that blessing would remain with God's people. And by the way, you can look very successful. You can look like you're doing all the right spiritual things. But if you aren't doing what God wants you to do, you can't just pretend the blessing still stays. And that's a powerful warning, isn't it, to us? Because that's what happens in the Gideon story as we come to this. You can look good. You can do all the right things. But really, let's be a little bit kind to Gideon. Gideon is simply asking God, am I going to win? That's what he wants to ask God. Am I going to win? Is it going to come good for me? He just doesn't understand all of the full impact. But here's how kind we can be. Gideon did not have a Bible, did not have the cross, 
did not have the Holy Spirit or the rest of the church to be able to back things up. So he was at a disadvantage, which is why I believe God was super kind. Because he was trying to bring Gideon through to, to prove something, to show God's people who he was and what he was like. Now, what does that mean for us today? Well, I'm going to give you, you know I like my English, so I'm going to give you a couple of bits of alliteration so you can know whether you're testing God and whether you're going too far or whether you're making something firm from what God said to you. Here's the two little bits of alliteration. Great for your notes, great to remember, I hope. Okay, alliteration number one. This is your confirmation number one. His word, wisdom, and ways. Say that, word, wisdom, ways. Okay, you should be able to remember that. That's confirmation number one. Confirmation two, principles, people, and peace. Principles, people, and peace. Okay, so I've given you those two so that you can remember it. Here's number one. God's voice never contradicts the Bible. Don't you let anybody say other than what is written in the Bible. The Bible is the authoritative word of God. And if what God is speaking to you does not line up with the Bible, it isn't God. Just isn't God. And that's where you'll grow in wisdom. Because the more you know the word, the more you'll understand wisdom. And then you will be able to live out the ways of God in your every day, every time for every person. Okay? So God's word does not. Now, I've had all sorts of people do all sorts of things. It was a long time ago. And I hope her life has changed. And I hope everything for her is, is brilliant. Nobody here knows her. Uh, but we used to uh, pastor a young adult called Joy. Joy was brilliant. I, I thought Joy, there's lots about Joy that was incredible. And she said to her, a man in the church is hounding her. Johnny, a man in the church keeps saying we're destined to be together. A man in the church is saying that we are supposed to be married. She says, I don't even know him, Johnny. So I was like, hey. You know, I know I'm supposed to be a pastor, but the scouser's coming out. You know, kind of let me deal with him. And do you know what he told her? And this is why you've got to be on your guard. He told her that he had a verse from the Bible that said that they should be together. This is a true story. Long time ago. I hope you're happily married, Joy. And not with that one. <laughs> he said, are you ready for this? This is how to manipulate the word of God. And it sounds bizarre and crazy. He had a word from Isaiah that said, you will go out with joy. <laughs> I am telling you the truth. I, I honestly was like, you'll be going out those double doors and into the park. <laughs> you know, it's like boiling. You know why? Because people manipulate the word of God to try and get what they want. And nobody should be using the Bible that way. People said to Jesus, show us a sign. And Jesus said, have you not read? Have you not read? If you don't know the word, you won't be able to hear the voice of God. And people will use the word of God to take it askew because it's more about what they want. And that's not how to hear God. Not at all. 
So Jesus definitely said to all the Pharisees, you want a sign, I'll give you one sign. You'll get the sign of Jonah. So guess what you need to know? You need to know the story of Jonah. And you need to know how Jonah was in this great fish for three days, dead in the fish for three days, and then up from the grave he arose. Right? He comes out of the fish, vomited out into resurrection power. And Jesus says, the only sign you'll get is my resurrection. So if you don't know the word, you can't see what God's doing. Okay, number one. It's confirmation number two. I'm going to try and take a little bit more time, but I, I realize where time is at today as well. Principles, people, and peace. These are all about the Holy Spirit. Okay? The principle is you are not your own. The principle is you belong to a body, a local body, where you need to be in connection. You are part of the body of Christ, which means you're joined to others. So stop living a self-absorbed, self-interested, God come and bless me life. Because the principle is you belong to others. Anything God does for you is so that you can bless others. That's the principle. Any blessing that flows into your life is not so that you can go, oh, look at God's blessing me. Oh, that's brilliant. Right? It is to say, God has blessed me. How can I use what God has blessed me to bless other people and be part of this body that is representing the kingdom of God? So you need the principles of belonging to the whole. But you also need other people. This is what I find happen. Somebody comes to me and says, Pastor Johnny, can I really ask you about this? This is what I think God is telling me. And I would go listen and maybe say, I'm not really sure about that. I don't think it lines up with God's word. It doesn't sound right. It doesn't sound right for you. And they go, okay, thank you, Pastor Johnny. And then they go to someone else. And they go, can I just tell you, you know, this is what I think God's doing. This is what I think God, you know, is saying. And, you know, another person would say to them, you know, that just doesn't feel right. I just don't get a good witness to that. So they say, thank you. And then they go to someone else. And they go to someone else and they go, yeah, I don't see anything wrong with that. And they go, that's the word of the Lord. That's not godly counsel. Here's godly counsel. You need other people to give you godly counsel to confirm what God is speaking into your life. This is godly counsel. Somebody of godly counsel will know God Know God's word and know you. Know God, know God's word and know you. So you should find somebody somewhere who has got all of those three. Because then when you want to ask something, you've got godly counsel to go to. That's people. But the last thing is the peace of the Holy Spirit. When you became a believer, part of the fruit of the Holy Spirit at work in your life is peace. It's, it's being at peace. You've got this beautiful gauge that will keep you at peace. And let's be honest, how many times have we had not got peace in something, but we've done it anyway? We've kind of gone, oh, I don't feel, but I, don't know, I just need to do it anyway. I don't, I, you know, I think we need to listen to the Holy Spirit. And so, hey, let, let's take that um, uh, road sign again. If only we would just stop and say, Holy Spirit. Just give me peace in this. I won't move until I get some peace. 
Now, there's this great verse, because I want to bring us back to the Word of God again, and it's in Colossians 3, uh, verse uh, 15, I think it is. It'll come up on the screen for you, and it'll say, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Now, our English, I really appreciate those from Hong Kong who are learning to keep up with my English as well, and I hope we're helping to explain things and uh, uh, drawing all of the different languages, but we all know the Bible wasn't written in English, right? It's written in other languages, Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, and so often we don't have the accurate English words, which is why there are multiple translations, because it doesn't quite fit. I think this is one of the occasions where the English word isn't the right word that's been put in our Bibles, but I understand why. Let the peace of Christ rule. When I really look back into the, into, to all of the language, the best word for you there is umpire. Umpire. Not referee, because let's face it, our modern culture will just chase referees around the f- field. We'll complain about every VAR decision, etc., until Everton get the three points and then it's all good. Okay? But, you know, it's not referees. Think cricket and rounders. An umpire will call you what? Whether you're in or out. And so let the peace of God umpire your heart to whether you're in or out. And by the way, many of you are trying to get out of something and the Holy Spirit's trying to keep you in. And some of us are in things that the Holy Spirit's trying to get us out. So you have to let the peace of God umpire your heart and keep you in or out. So back to our first two questions today. Can God speak to me? I hope you've got the belief God does still speak today. God can. God can speak to you whether he does or not and whether you're listening is the, is the, is the major issue. And it's what you're trying to cultivate in the relationship with God. Because if all you want is God to do what you want, you're not trusting God. You're trying to trust yourself. And you're doing exactly what the world does, which is try and manipulate a sign to get a good outcome for themselves. Oh, that, that deserved an amen, by the way. You know, It's too late now. It's just in the moment, right? So the only way when God starts to speak and you should trust every day, God God is going to speak to you this week. At 100% to me, God will speak to you, every one of you this week. So you need to make sure you're listening and pick it up. And if God speaks to you, how can you make it firm? Go to the Word, Word, Wisdom, Ways. I've given you something straight away you can learn. And then go to principles and people and peace if you need a little bit more. Okay, other than that, guess what you need to be? You need to be obedient with what God tells you to do and stop trying to test God. How's that? Shall I mic drop? Okay, Joel's going to come back and draw. Do you know, we're not, we've, had to, we've had a push through into worship. I do think there's enough, isn't there, at times? Just for you to, but I want you to advance out of these doors today. Let's not get down. We're not Gideon stuck in the holes and hiding away from the big bad world. You know, Christians, you are anointed for your task. You're the Davids, the Esthers, the Josephs, the Ruths. You're the Daniels. You're the Sarahs. Believe in what God is doing. Listen to God's voice. 
follow God's obedience. And whether you suffer for the kingdom or whether you go through trials or not, you'll be able to advance into your week because you are more than an overcomer. You've got every promise that Jesus Christ has got. So what you can do is go, God, speak to me this week. And when I hear you, I'm going out those doors. I'm going out into my workplace. I'm going out into my half-term holiday because I'm going to give some more time to break my relationship with you. I'm going to go to that difficult situation or whatever it is. And Lord, I am fully equipped to be all you've called me to be. And that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be about. We're the ones that are light in the darkness. The darkness can't put us out. So let us stand in that faith. Lord Jesus, I pray that we would just hear your voice this week. It's not a matter of can you, you are speaking to us. But I pray we'll grow our relationship, we'll grow our confidence. And Lord, you will send us. Send us all over the Midlands and beyond. You will send us wherever you call us to be the people of God that shine in this hour. Why? Because your word is, is certain and steadfast. Your word is powerful and active. And it's going to change our lives. It's going to change who we are. And Lord, through us, you're going to advance the kingdom of God. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Over to John.